Creating business isn't about doing hashtag all the things. It's about doing the right thing at the right time to create systems for success. Welcome to the Master the Sales Game podcast. Each week, I'll be sharing specific strategies, tactics, and practical know-how from myself and other successful business owners, helping you grow and scale your business. I'm your host, Susan McVeigh, helping you master the sales game and sell with more ease without the sleaze. I'm excited to have you here. Thanks for spending time with me today. Now, let's get started. Today's topic is all about your bottom line. Now, I know that a lot of times in the world of sales, it feels very hypey and very overinflated because we're talking about top line revenue, right? Like the things that people say yes to. And we don't really think about your bottom line, which as a business owner is actually probably more critical because sometimes what we think we need to sell and how much we need to sell is not what's required in order to maintain our most profitable business. That's what we're talking about today. So today we're talking about the most profitable types of clients that every business needs. Okay, so we're not going to get too bogged down in the weeds of the nitty gritty details. It's not going to be an accounting lesson. It's not going to be probably um, definition style correct. So accountants, please hold it. <laughs> like, don't send your me your messages. Side note, my that includes my hubby because my hubby is an accountant. So today I wanted to really just shed some perspective in terms of profitability and looking at your most profitable opportunities specifically related to clients and how they connect your numbers together with what you're trying to sell and how you're trying to sell, right? Because I think that sometimes we spend a lot of time creating new offers, new opportunities, looking for new deals and new clients, and we are missing opportunities right underneath our nose. Now, we're going to talk about this in an upcoming episode about those overlooked assets, but for today, I want us to really focus on What does it mean for you to have profitable clients? And out of all the different types of clients that you work with, who are your most profitable? So I want us to strip it down to a very, very simplistic way of viewing this, okay? And yes, I know that this is probably not going to be exact. It's not an exact science. Business is not an exact science, but it'll be good enough, okay? It'll be good enough for the vast majority of us, that's me and you, that are running an online expert-based service business, okay? And if you don't fit into that category, it still generally applies because it is a principle. So if you've ever heard, and I can't remember who made this up, right? Is it Pareto, the Pareto principle, um, the 80-20 rule, okay? So 80-20 pretty much applies for 80-20 of your life, right? So what that means is how I look at this and how this has always kind of um, shown up in my career through sales and sales leadership and now in my business as a CEO and a founder, that 80% of my results come from 20% of my activities. Ergo, 80% of my results come from 20% of my clients, 20% of my offers. Does that make sense? So when I'm thinking about if you look at your entire entire revenue, 
all of your sales top line as a pie. And if you were to divide it up into how you actually have come to have 100% of that income coming in, I'm almost going to guarantee because without, uh, without having your actual numbers in front of me, so I want you to do this exercise with me, that I want you to go and look at, so if it, it is 100,000 of your income or a million dollars of your revenue that you have created in your business from last year, that more than likely 80% of that, so if it's 100K, then it would be 80,000 or 800,000 if you're making a million plus, right? Just extrapolate that number out. Chances are it's coming from one or two, like 20% of your clients, 20% of the offers, 20% of the ways that people can work with you, okay? So if you have 10 different things that you sell, two of those are likely to produce the greatest amount of results in your business, 80% of the results. That's going to be my guess, okay? How do I know? Because this is what's happened time and time again, <laughs> even working for a major conglomerate, uh, you know, a, a major global 300 company with 80,000 worldwide employees. This is what we did every single quarter, every single year was evaluate the profitability for our business, profitability for each location and the profitability from each of our clients. Now, there are buckets of clients, just like you will have buckets of clients, right? You will have your top clients, whether that's your platinum, VIP, whatever the highest level is, I'm going to like 99% guarantee that the bulk of your business is coming from those folks. You know their names, you work with their, them closely, they probably buy everything that you have ever offered, and they repeat buy. They're the ones that recommend you to friends and family. They're the ones that want to know when the next thing is coming out so they, they can be ready to buy it before you even put it out. They are your top clients, your, your top tier. So your platinum VIP, we're going to call them your A clients, okay? So we're just going to use a simple school grading system, A, B, C, D, E, okay? So you really don't need to have five buckets of clients. At the very most, you'll probably find that you have like three, but for simple math, we're going to use five, okay? Because 80-20 out of five is going to be one bucket. Okay. So your A clients are probably going to produce 80% of the profits in your business. So considering that, then why are we spending so much time trying to capture the market around your other 20% of revenue opportunities? That I'm not going to answer for you. What I want you to think about is our most profitable types of clients are typically the ones that fill, fall into that A bucket because they are our dream clients. And we'll talk about that in an upcoming episode, but our best clients produce the best results for us because they are the most like us in terms of the opportunities that we are presenting. They have the greatest amount of affinity for our brand, for our values, and for the offers that we are creating. So that means that they are best positioned for the types of results that we are expecting from our programs, our services, our courses, and our offers. And so when we think about it from that perspective, I want you to look at some numbers, right, that will help you to validate whether or not this is true, because I'm making some assumptions based off of my experience. And I will say, for the most part, if you have an established business that is producing some kind of product service or opportunity for people to work with you, this is 
going to hold true again 80% of the time. Okay, 80-20 rule for everything. There's always going to be exceptions. So when you evaluate your business, I want you to look at how many, so look at the pie, how much of your revenue has come from your top eight clients? Where has the bulk of your revenue come from? So if you can, uh, can account for 80% of your revenue, so if you're a six-figure business, it's going to be $80,000. Where did 80,000 of your 100 come from? Which offers? What types of clients? Are they the same clients buying over and over and over again? Are they one type of offer or two types of offers out of you know, 10 that you have made? What is it specifically? So you need to drill down. So here's some things that I want you to just consider. Okay, so I'm just going to spit out some facts and figures for you in today's episode, because I want you to really understand how to identify the people and the opportunities that make the most sense for you to focus your time and efforts around in order to maximize your time, your resources, your energy, your effort, and yes, your money as well. Because if you pour gas on something that is so uh, diffuse, right? Like it's so spread out that you can't even tell that it's on fire, it's gonna be really hard for you to get enough of a flame that you could even roast a marshmallow on it. Sorry. But at the end of the day, you want a blazing fire. You want that thing to just roar and roar and roar because that's when you're going to be able to really, really target your ideal clients and have to do very, very little work out front because you're doing all the work to manage, maintain, and um, continue to build those relationships with your best clients. And when you do that, you already have an informal sales force. So that being said, let's look at some of the figures that I want you to evaluate. So and I also indirectly am going to define, yes, profitability from a numbers perspective, but really thinking about qualitatively, like what are some of the characteristics of people that you want to be able to work with that are going to allow you to continue to have increased profit? Because it's not just about the sale. It's about what it costs you in order to make that sale and continue to service that sale too, right? So number one, the cost of acquisition should be fairly low. So you may find that initially it it may take you a bit to acquire a really premium client, right? There may be more manual labor involved. Maybe there's additional advertising or retargeting or different campaigns with influencers or with partners, that sort of thing, okay? So you may pay a referral fee. The cost of your acquisition of that initial client may be quite high at first, But over time, as that customer buys more and more from you, because that's the goal, then the cost of acquisition per customer should actually go down, okay? Because again, from just a logistics standpoint, if you make more and you spend less, you're going to be making more and spending less. And that means that your bottom line profitability should be increasing over time. Okay, that's just a numbers game. That's just straight math. So if your expense of acquiring a customer starts to go down on average, that means that you're spending less to get more people to to work with you or the right people to work with you, which will automatically increase your profitability, everything else staying the same. So if you don't change your prices and your expenses go down, your profit automatically increases. Okay, still with me? Okay, 
I know that sometimes it's a little bit difficult when we're doing math and I just am kind of verbally explaining. So the second metric that I want you to really evaluate or consider and to have a handle on is your average client value or the lifetime value of your client. So how much is a customer worth? Because that will allow you to see how much can I afford to spend to acquire a customer? So if you don't know how much your customers spend with you for a regular transaction or hopefully over a period of time, if you have been in business for an extended period, right? So beyond a year, you should have this data. And if you don't start collecting it now, chances are your shopping cart or your payment processor already has some of this data. And if you can get your assistant, a VA, uh, an admin to go and collect this information, it will be time well spent. Believe you me, I know that it might be painful for you. I don't recommend that you do it necessarily, but you can definitely get somebody to help you to do this. The data is invaluable because it will give you a, a like a thumb, like a heartbeat on your own personal situation and circumstance, because otherwise we're kind of just throwing numbers out of the air, right? And there's no connection to your own specific reality. And that is really important because Oftentimes, clients come to me when we're working inside of either Sales Mastery Society or uh, specifically and directly, you know, one-on-one -on -one inside of Accelerator is, so how do I know if I am charging enough, making enough, or um, my expenses are too high? <laughs> like, you knowing your numbers. How do I know if I, I'm, I'm picking the right offer and I'm charging enough for that offer? And the answer is going to be, it depends. Because it really is going to depend on not only the value that you provide in the market and the perceived value that your ideal clients want to pay for that result, transformation, and service, but it's also going to depend on what do you need to charge in order for you to maintain a profit. So this is even more important when you are running a product-based business. So several of my clients run both a service and a product. And when you are dealing with products, you must account for cost of goods sold. That means that even if you don't sell your stuff, you have had to pay for the materials in order to create it, right? So if you're creating hair bows or cell phone cases or uh, health supplements, you know, whatever it is that you are actually physically producing, the raw materials have a cost. The shipping has a cost. The labor involved with packaging all that has a cost. So if you don't account for those costs, and it's a lot easier for services to kind of slip under the rug what those hard costs are, but there are still hard costs involved when we are creating products and services and digital products and services as well. Okay, so what is the amount of money that your clients on average will spend, whether it is in one single transaction or over the lifetime that they have dealt with your business. When you have that figure, it's going to be a lot easier for you to know if there's an opportunity for you to gain more customers through a customer acquisition channel, like partnerships, like brands or sponsors or influencers, or through advertising and media and PR, right? If you're looking at different tools and different strategies to be able to drive traffic that will turn into leads, prospects, and paying customers, then you need to be able to evaluate, is this going to be profitable for me? And I can't tell you how many times I have come across amazingly brilliant entrepreneurs, unfortunately, 
don't have these metrics. And so it's very hard for them to properly decide. And so they're kind of going by gut and by whim. And it's the, kind of the same as a spray and pray method. It does not work very well for the sustainability of your business, for the profitability and longevity of your business. And that's why so many businesses go under in the first three to five years. I do not want that to happen to you. And I don't want you to have to just survive. I want you to thrive and grow and scale to meet your needs and beyond so that you can create better impact in the world. That's why I'm on a mission to help see more female millionaires in the world because your business will allow you to drive and generate so much more wealth than any other avenue today. And that opportunity will allow you to change the lives of yourself, your family, but also those around you. It's a ripple effect, right? So you must know how much people are willing to spend with you because if you know that somebody's going to spend, let's say it's a thousand dollars, okay, your average uh, purchase value, right? The average customer value is a thousand dollars. And somebody comes to you and says, Hey, I would love to do a joint partnership. And I have X amount of people in my audience. And I think this offer that you have would work really well. Uh, would you consider doing a 50 50 split? Now, if you already know that people are spending a thousand dollars with you and the offer that they have selected is, oh, let's say it's $300, right? It's 300 bucks. And you're like, okay, 50, 50 split. Then I have to pay them $150 out of every sale, right? Out of that first initial sale. Now, again, I'm just making it super simple. Okay. Cause it could be very complicated depending on what you negotiate. So you already know that if you spent $150 to get one customer and they purchase that initial offer that you're going to split 50, 50, that the chance that they're going to actually spend more than that is probably high because your average customer spends $1,000. So is it worthwhile for you to then turn around and say, okay, I will do this investment of time and effort and energy and money and allow us to work in partnership to try and gain more customers because just why not? And I will essentially pay you in exchange half of that initial sale, the 150, right? So that I can acquire a customer that could potentially be spending $1,000 with me. That's a pretty good deal. So while I'm not going to tell you what to do, I need you to understand that when you have these numbers in place, it's going to make it a lot easier for you to understand what opportunities might be more profitable than others and to properly identify and decide from the lens of a CEO, not just from like an immediate sale, which I think sometimes we get in the trap of, especially as a salesperson, but then working so much in that sales realm inside of your business as the owner, operator, founder, CEO, as you start to move backwards away from the frontline sales, although most of us are never going to have our finger completely off of it because you're the rainmaker. You're the one that makes rain in your company, in your organization. And so even if you are not directly related to sales, you're still always indirectly because you're the ones making the handshake deals with the bigger opportunities and the bigger brands and the bigger relationships that require a CEO to CEO lens. Okay. So that's number two. Number three is your average number of products. Average number of products or services. So again, your most profitable clients 
tend to either buy the most profitable types of products or they have multiples of them. So again, if I think back to corporate and even now on my business, my A clients have literally purchased everything that I have available. When I looked at this from a corporate lens, our A clients on average had, I think it was two or three more products and services on average. The lowest profitable client had barely one product on average, okay? Maybe just just a hair under one. And I'm sure you're thinking, how is that even possible? Well, it's possible because you, you just count everybody, even if they've stopped using a product or service from you, right? They've, they've canceled whatever it is that they have purchased. So it is very much possible to have a below one number for your least profitable client bucket. Hopefully that's not you. But in bigger companies, it is entirely possible. If you have a software company and you're doing trials, this would fit that bill too, right? So your most profitable clients, chances are that they have a higher level of average number of products and services that they have purchased from you. So these three numbers, I want you to take a look at, and these might be numbers that you have not really heard of explained in this way. And I hope that it's helpful because I think it's really important that we understand the relationship between what it is that you're selling, who you're selling to, and then these numbers, these KPIs or OKRs that we kind of throw out behind the scenes that we track, but there's no relationship between these numbers and these numbers, right? So why are we doing all this tracking if it's not going to inform our behavior and the decisions that we need to make as CEOs? The only reason why you should be looking at specific numbers is in order to make decisions. And if you're not going to make a decision with that number, you might still want to track it so that you have it available such that at some point in time, if you need to, to use that to decide, you have it readily available. But don't stare at those numbers if you're not going to actually change anything. That is going to create stress not only for you, but probably the team member that owns that outcome, right? The outcome is really important because it's going to inform the activities that they have created or done. We'll talk about that in an upcoming episode, like leading and lagging indicators, because I think that is very um, uh, misunderstood or not really explained or talked about, which I don't know why. So that being said, in and amongst all of this, what I want you to consider is some things because your most profitable client is probably like your number one fan. But at the end of the day, you get to choose who you want to work with. Now, depending on the types of businesses that you run, right? So if you're running more of a high touch, uh, premium priced and premium connected business, uh, similar to mine. So I run like a boutique coaching and consulting agency. And yes, we have different products and services that you could do a la carte for self-study. But the bulk of the way that most of my revenue comes in is in working with clients directly. Okay. That's how I prefer it. That's how my clients prefer it. Now, at the end of the day, there's still a ton of ways for people to gain access to my help and my expertise. This podcast is a perfect example of one way to get access. It is a no cost way to get access, right? One of the reasons why I do this is to be able to give back to my community, to give back to you, to say thank you for being part of my community. So the people that I truly desire to work with, they pay on time. 
and they value my expertise to such a degree that they, I don't have to convince them to buy. I don't have to convince them of my value. I don't have to back down with the prices that I want to, to charge. I understand the transformation and the results that I'm about to provide or have provided, and I have a track record. So I can not only speak my speak, like talk my talk, but I can also walk my walk and show by example, here are things that I have done in the past, and here are things that I'm continuing to do moving forward. So does it mean that I have already created, you know, all of the things that I desire? No. Does it mean that I have already created much more results than what my clients often have had? Not always, right? So when I think back to when I first started in my corporate career and as helping clients to generate more and more wealth, I have I barely had two nickels to rub together because I was deep in student loan debt. And yet here I was teaching clients how to grow and uh, maintain their wealth well beyond what I had access to on my own, but I was able to do it because that's what I was experienced in, right? So I taught them and I showed them and I helped them to not only save a thousand, but 10,000, a hundred thousand, a million dollars. I worked with millionaires and billionaires. And so I speak the language of money and business from that perspective for well over 20 years. And then when you add in the sales piece, I absolutely have been able to do this now in my corporate career. And in my business, and in my business, I do it in a way that directly aligns to my health, my family, my faith, the things that are most critical for me. So could I go out and, you know, sell a billion dollars again? Yes, I could. Do I desire to do that? Not at this point, not at this point, right? And so the things that I'm doing right now is really to enable you to know that you get to choose the types of clients that you want. And you do not need to convince anybody of your value. So I want you to consider that because it's not about sales at all costs. It's not about making sure that you are so like your profitability is just so padded that you forget about who is buying from you at the end of the day, right? This is not about price gouging so that your profit just like skyrockets and it's overinflated. This is about managing expectations, not only for yourself, but also for your clients and your customers and your business and the people who work with you and for you um, in order to be able to make sure that your business is as healthy as possible, as productive and as effective as possible in the market. So paying on time and working with clients who pay on time is extremely important. So whether that's your clients, your vendors, your partners, and if you want people to pay you on time, then you have to pay on time, right? And that's the beautiful thing about being profitable. When you have profit, then you are able to pay from a place of abundance, from a place of ease, be graceful in your payment interactions, and to allow some, some give and take when some people may be having some cash flow issues. Now, hopefully that's the exception rather than the norm, but I just want to encourage you that when you have profitability, you do not have to be super lean in order to be profitable. Um, whatever the scale is, is up to you, but it will allow you to now make decisions from a place of power, from a place of leadership, from a place of knowing that money is continuously coming in, right? So they pay on time, you pay on time. You don't have to convince them because they value your expertise. And the last thing is that you actually truly enjoy working with these clients. Because right? <laughs> right? 
there's lots and lots of different ways for us to categorize these profitable clients. I've used a very simple like ABCDE scoring method with some metrics to help you today so that you can go back and do some homework. Hopefully you listened and took some notes. If This might be one that you need to rewind and listen to a couple of times to really have it sink in and hone in. And if you're inside of Sales Mastery Society and this is an area that you want us to dive in deeper, let me know inside the community and we can do a whole deep dive training on this because this is super meaty. That being said, if you need help and support on this, come and join us, whether it's inside of Sales Mastery Society, where I can do a training and or inside of Accelerator, because this is a foundational piece of some of the things that we talk about related to understanding your numbers and making sure that you're set up for success because you have not shied away from understanding your personal finances just as much as your business finances. So, because there's an intersection. So your most profitable clients are the ones that you enjoy working with first and foremost that will pay you whatever it is that you are asking for without you having to beg, borrow, steal, or convince them. They understand your expertise. And so you can command the prices that you desire for the different ways that you work with your clients. And hopefully you have some different options available. But as we talked about at the very beginning, you do not have to sell everything under the sun because I'm almost going to guarantee that 80% of the time, 80% of your revenue is actually coming from 20% of your clients, 20% of your offers. And if you focus your time and attention on that 20%, which means that you don't have to work as much, right? Because that 20% is really what's making the biggest difference to your bottom line, to your profitability. And if you are able to dial it in because you understand what that is and what that looks like, that if you narrow your focus and you look at the three metrics that we shared, right, in relation to that, those opportunities, and you chase after those, you really relentlessly focus after those, that you could double, triple, quadruple, quintuple, you could 10x your results just by looking at the 20% that actually moves the needle. And too often we talk about, you know, what moves the needle, but we don't know how to get there. We don't know how to find those. And that's what today was all about. Today was all about giving you the tools and empowering you so that you can understand, now you still have to do the work, right? But so that you can understand who are the most profitable types of clients in my business, because every business needs profitable clients in order to survive and more than survive to thrive and to grow and to scale with ease, with grace, with not as much work as it took to get to that first level. So every single level, you're not doubling the work to get the double results. You are actually doing less because you're getting more and more focused on the key criteria for those dream clients that produce the best results working with you and are the most profitable with the least amount of effort and the least amount of risk for you to actually actively engage and get them into the business in the first place. If you don't know how much it costs to get a client, if you don't know how much clients spend with you, and if you're not sure on how profitable your clients are, like the most profitable clients, how much they buy from you in terms of the numbers of offers that you put out, you may find that you actually don't need to have all the different offers that you already have. You may be able to really pare it down and simplify your business. And that in turn may reduce your expenses, 
right? Less complexity, less requirements, ergo fewer expenses. Now, I'm making some jeep, some jeeps, some some leaps. So it may not follow that pattern, but that's a hypothesis that I want you to test out for your own business. That is an assumption that I want you to see. Well, would that work for my business as well? Especially if you are thinking about expenses creeping up and you need to take a look at some of the things that will allow your bottom line to grow and grow and grow and to increase that profitability as much as you possibly can. So with that being said, I hope this was helpful. Come and join me inside of Sales Mastery Society, salesmasterysociety.com, or you can go to uh, apply for Accelerator, which is my high-touch, very intimate, one-on-one, invitation only. You must apply in order to get an invite. So if you are at all interested in working with me in order to double your results without double the work and without having to sacrifice the other areas of your life that is so important. I think more important than your business, right? We, we want to design your business around a life that you love instead of the other way around. Because I find that sometimes when we sacrifice one for the other, we have neither. We have neither. And that to me is a sad state of affairs. So link will be in the show notes for you below for Accelerator, the application. Um, and if you want more details, if you're curious, if you just need more information before you even apply, then feel free to send me a message. We really, it's invite only. Um, and so there isn't a ton of details other than, uh, you know, that this is the right move for you and you know that you want to work with me. So with that being said, I am so encouraged by what we just talked about that. I know that if you apply it, you're going to see some ahas and some light bulb moments, share with me, tag with me on Instagram at Susan McVeigh or send me a message over on the podcast page and let me know what your key takeaway was so that we can share your insight on an upcoming episode. Thanks so much. And we will talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Be sure to let me know what you think by leaving a review so I know how best to serve you. If you're enjoying this show, don't forget to share and hit subscribe so you know when the next show is up. See you next time. Thank you.